Good afternoon and welcome to another In Conversation With. Today we are joined by Sean Philpott from Copia Wealth and Tax. Good afternoon, Sean. Good afternoon, Ben. Lovely to see you. And you, sir, and you. Well, I'm guessing you've had a bit of a quiet time over the last few weeks being an accountant. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've been sat at home with my feet up doing nothing. Hardly. Um, I, I think it's fair to say the phone hasn't stopped ringing, but... Um, that's that's all good because it means people are taking it seriously and actually trying to trying to sort their business out in obviously what's a very difficult time. Had you heard of the word furloughing before all this, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> it's a new one, and um, and it's, it's it's quite odd, isn't it? Most people don't even know how to pronounce it. So m- most people are referring to it as furlonging, and I keep thinking about the horse races. But you know, we've got a furlong to go. <laughs> Brilliant. Obviously, it is part of the government's support to businesses. What's the general perception of the whole support package, Sean, to businesses? Um, I think, I mean, it, it's a mixed reaction, but I think, I think the, general, the general consensus is that people have been very positive about it, really. I mean, um, you know, when you look at it with the whole packages together, it covers an awful lot of ground. And, um, okay, inevitably, a few people are going to miss out. I think that's that's what always happens with these schemes. You know, some people get left behind and that, that's a bit unfortunate, but, but generally, you know, I think people have, have reacted to it quite, quite positively, really. Um, and I think the main, the, the main concern people have got is the packages are fine, but when are we actually going to get the money? But, um, but I know I've had an email this morning, for instance, on the furloughing scheme and um, they, they have actually started paying out this morning. In fact, I've had one client who's had their money this morning. So, so, you know, it is starting to flow through, but, but obviously, I think you've got to bear with it a little bit. You couldn't expect this to be instantaneous. Um, and I think the, the main problem a lot of businesses have had is the fact that they just haven't got that spare capacity in their cash flow for something like this. They just weren't prepared for it, really. But when you look at the wide range of packages, I, I'm, I think most people have been pretty positive about it. And I think it was important that, that, that money started in the accounts that being paid week. I think it was important that money started in the accounts, wasn't it? And I think I've seen quite a few. Um, that, that have where are the areas that people should be looking how to, how to claim well obviously the support falls into quite a few categories i think i think if you're an employer um the the two key things on that is 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 obviously this resumption of the government to paying statutory sick pay so anybody who went off with coronavirus or who had to self-isolate because of coronavirus you know you, you can claim weeks of their sick pay back off the government which you couldn't before the crisis so that that's something that again people need to be aware of and make sure they've actually made the reclaim unfortunately on that one um that isn't up and running yet that's supposed to go live this month in terms of how the reclaims are made so it's still a bit sketchy on that but people just need to remember if they did have people off sick as a result of coronavirus don't forget that at some point you'll be able to make a claim and then obviously the main one is the one we mentioned earlier about furloughing and um that that is now up and running obviously the portal went live on monday um they're obviously picking up 80 percent of people's cost um up to two and a half thousand pounds a month which is which is a massive gesture i have to say and i can't even begin to imagine what it's going to cost the longer this goes on but i think it was important because if you if you if you compare us to the united states for instance you know they've now got 20 odd million people in the last few weeks who've registered as unemployed and now obviously by having the furlough scheme that we've got we've we've to some extent avoided that i mean yes 
people have lost their jobs inevitably and, and will do after the event. But, but at least it's put a stop to that for the time being and, and given people a chance to sort of see if we can work our way through it. So I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a good scheme. Inevitably, there are issues with it. There are, there are people who move job around the start of March who have, have got a potential problem with it, which is unfortunate. They thought that we thought they'd brought out something to fix that, and it doesn't really fix it for the monthly paid. It kind of fixes it for the weekly paid. So you've just got to be aware of it. And obviously, the key thing to remember if you're furloughing is, is people can't actually work. Um, and I will be very wary about allowing people to do anything other than training if you furloughed them, because they, they, they have said they're going to keep claims open to audit for the next five years. So if people are claiming money that they're probably not entitled to, they they should be wary, really. Uh, but of course, that, that was a, uh, approached over the weekend, wasn't it, by the government, where they're encouraging these people at furlough to go and help the, the food chain, aren't they, with uh, picking fruit and picking, because it comes to the fresh season, aren't we? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they have said from day one that, you know, if you're furloughed from a, from a job, obviously you can't do any work for that company that employed you, but it doesn't mean that you can't go and get another job. <clears throat> so obviously a lot of the supermarkets are recruiting at the moment. People like Amazon are recruiting like crazy at the moment. So it does give the employees the option to, to go and get another job for the short term um, if, if they want to, and there's nothing in the rules to stop that, which I think is a good thing. That brings us nicely, really, into self-employment because many of the jobs are self-employed. What about the self-employed, Sean? Yeah, well, obviously, yeah, huge part of the economy is self-employed. Um, and it's, um, it's an area that sort of, I think, I think they felt a bit defective at the start. So obviously, the job retention scheme came out for the employed and then self-employed sat there thinking, well, have you forgotten about us or what? But I think what you've got to remember is it was a complicated area be significantly open to fraud so they needed to take a little bit of time to work out how they were going to introduce the scheme and I think again they've, they've come up with a scheme it's not not by any means ideal but the one thing they had to make sure was there were some checks and balances there to make sure that people were were not going to overclaim when they really weren't entitled to it so the key point is you've got to have put in a self-assessment return for your self-employment in 2018-19 tax year um, if you've not done that sort of fall outside the scheme so anyone who's gone into self-employment really after 6th of april 19 got a bit of a problem at the moment unfortunately because technically you don't you don't uh, you don't really become entitled to anything under this particular scheme um but again it's a very fair scheme 80 percent of your profits fifty thousand a year it gets by the government um, they're averaging it over three years if you've been self-employed for some time obviously if you haven't been self-employed for that long they can't average period but again i think i think it's a fair scheme and the, the key thing to remember with it is it's not one way you can actually go and make a direct claim you have to wait for hmrc to get in touch with you so what i've said on that is they've they've, they've indicated no payments are going to be made until early june so i think if you if you receive no correspondence from hmrc by the middle of may and you think you are entitled to something i think you need to be getting in touch with them because it could be for some reason you've been missed off the list but we'll see exactly how the claim system works. It hasn't been uh, it hasn't been communicated yet, but I imagine it'll be some sort of portal system like they've done with the job retention scheme. And of course, Sean, there is gaps, isn't there? And, and the gaps are covered by meant to be covered by universal credit, aren't they? But um, uh, th th there is a lot of, of, of directors of small businesses that are missing out. What would you say to them? Well, obviously, if you if you're seeing other people get some support and you're not getting it, obviously you don't feel too good about it. And 
as I said at the start, really, with with the package that government's put together, it's like anything. Some people fall through the cracks, and um, unfortunately, no matter how good the scheme is, it, it's going to affect somebody badly. And um, to some extent, you okay? I'd say the good news say lobby and, and get in touch with maybe your local MP or something to say, you know, I've fallen through the cracks here. Is there anything that can be done? But in the meantime, you've just got to look at what the alternatives are. And as you've said, universal credit is there. Few clients I've spoken to who potentially could go that route seem to be, if you like, too proud to go that route. But to me, that you know, if you've paid into the system over the years, it's there to help you. Here's the time you need it, so don't be proud about it. You know, have a look and see if you are entitled to the universal credit. And and I have heard today as well that some uh, local councils are doing micro grants to tell businesses. So so there's another route there. There is many routes out there. You've got to take what you can, haven't you, and, and to, to keep your business afloat. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it is literally a case of just getting out there and seeing what you're entitled to, and making sure you're getting it, and um, and just looking at both your business and your personal cash flow, really, and just seeing where you sit. And if you've got a problem, then obviously you need to take some action. Because there is a lot of costs that can be cut as well at the moment. So I think you'll agree with me being an accountant, cash has never been so important, has it? No, well, I always say cash is king. It's always been one of my phrases. It's a well-known phrase, and I, I think this crisis is just sort of really uh, affirmed that that is the right approach to take. So Sean, we've, we spoke about the employers and the employees now. What about the actual business themselves? Who is entitled to small business grants and how do they, how do they go about making claims? Yeah, well, the small business grant, that, that was really the first thing off the blocks in, in a way. Um, and there's, there's basically two different schemes. One for just generally for small businesses, which is a £10,000 grant per business. And to be entitled to that, you obviously need to have a business premises, which is registered for business rates, and you have to be receiving some small business rates relief. But as long as, as, long as you're in, in existence in that property on the 11th of March, and you're receiving small business rates relief, you're entitled to that £10,000 grant, no matter what the business is, no matter whether it's affected by the crisis or not, you can claim that money, and that, comes, that money is coming through local authorities. Second scheme is specifically set up for retail, hospitality and leisure sector, um, worked in a similar way, except in this particular instance, there are two different grants, one for 10,000, one for 25. The one you get depends on the rateable value of your property. Um, but the difference with this scheme is that grant is available per property. So if you've got more than one property, you're entitled to more than one grant. And that's something to remember. Don't just think you're just claiming one 10,000. You know, I've got a client with three different offices. They're, well, their offices, they're, they're actually estate agents, so they've got, uh, they've got estate agents' offices. They can actually claim for each one individually, um, which is great news for them. Just remember, it is per property. Um, and to get that, you need to be, um, you need to be receiving um, what's called, um, I don't think what it's called now. Gone out of my head completely. Oh, yeah, expanded retail discount. So when you, when you look at your rates bill, if you're getting an expanded retail discount, that means you're entitled to the retail, hospitality and leisure grant. It's obviously better than the, the general one for small businesses, but just make sure you're claiming it. If you're in any doubt, there are, they all seem to be online claims which are being run by your local authority. So if you actually go on your local authority website, you should find there's a link there that takes you through to where you claim for your grant. Never before has paperwork been so important to be kept. Um, I'm sure you, know, you need to check your bills and, and what's been sent to you. Now, everything we spoke about, Sean, is obviously uh, appreciative and it's from the government and the council. There's one sector now we need to discuss, the banking sector. Uh, and we have, they have the business interruption loans available. 
a lot of conjecture at the moment over these, isn't there, Sean? What, what's your take and how could business access the interruption loans? Yeah, I mean, they, at the start it was announced and it, it all sounded great. And then when people actually started to try and make claims and, and put in claims to get a, a, an interruption loan, we began to find that to some extent, if you like, the banks are playing games. Um, I think to be fair to the Chancellor, he stamped on that fairly quickly when he realised that they were they were sort of trying to steer people away from business interruption loans and, and more to their usual products, which um, I guess they're going to make more money out of. Obviously, if you get an interruption loan, I mean, the big thing is obviously the government guarantee 80% of it, although you're still fully liable for what you borrow. Obviously, they're, they're picking up the fees for, for arranging the loan and also the first year's interest for the loan. So it's, it's quite a lucrative thing to get if you can. Obviously, from the bank's point of view, they seem to be steering people away from it to start with, which uh, which is where the, the bad press really started on it. But basically, I think the chance made it clear. If you rang up your bank and said you wanted an interruption loan, they had to offer you an interruption loan. They couldn't sort of try and steer you away from it. So so I think they've, they've sort of hold that gap. Um, and again, I think I think the big problem, and, and again, although I've just criticised the banks a bit, I think you've got to be fair to the banks. You know, they were given 24 hours notice about this scheme. And then the world and his dog was on the phone when they heard about it to, to ask for a loan. And obviously, resource-wise, they were caught a bit short. So one thing we're finding with the scheme is that it, it's still taking a bit of time to get your applications through because the banks are simply swamped um, and just haven't got the resource to deal with it as you'd like. So I think if you've done your cash flow and you, you feel you do need to take advantage of this scheme, the key thing is get your application in as quickly as possible because I think it, you will find it'll take a bit more time than perhaps it normally would. It's there to keep investment going, isn't it? I mean, you know, we're a country that keeps investing and, and, and at the end of the day, they're giving you for 12 months effectively free money to go and invest, aren't they? And, and, and to make sure that, that, that we keep the economy moving in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think there was also recognition that with all these other schemes, like the job retention scheme, there was, there was always going to be a delay before they could pay out. It was going to take while, a while to develop a claim system a chance for them to audit it before they actually made the payouts and this was seen as a bridge for that really to give you the opportunity to, to sort of fund that gap if you like um which is why really you need it to happen quickly but to say to be fair when you when you're given 24 hours notice about a scheme like this it, it is difficult operationally to actually get geared up to, to deal with it i think that's the key to all this is that we've never done anything operationally no matter what i know we're talking finance but if you look at the pp for example and everything we're discussing there's never been a logistics system that, that's had to put in place so quickly like this. I mean, hospitals built within days, you know, billions of PPE coming across, you know, to the Turkish flight, you know, delaying 24 hours in normal life is okay. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a pain, but it's not vital. Whereas that plane that was, that was delayed last week, just logistically, it's just an absolute uh, uh, huge task, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of lessons learned out of this, obviously. And I think, I think, Inevitably, we were much better prepared if it ever happens again, heaven forbid. But if it does, I think I think we'll be able to cope with it much better. But I think you've got to realise that, yeah, this is this is something at the moment that's unique. It's never been seen before, and we're having to deal with it as we go. And okay, there's there's been a lot of criticism of the government, but I think I think in the round, they've actually done a decent job. I really do think that. I think you can just imagine trying to trying to do the roles that they've got and try and manage your way through this crisis. It, it, it must be extremely difficult. And I think there has to be an element of sympathy that they're not always going to get everything right. Well, it's hard enough running a small business at the moment, Sean. Never mind a, a huge, like say, a huge <laughs> logistics program. You know, we're, we're trying to balance cash and bills, and 
and things there trying to balance the country. What what other measures are available, if any, Sean? Is it or have we covered them all now? No, I mean we've covered the main ones, but I mean there are there are still things that you can take take advantage of. I mean that they announced the VAT deferral, so that uh, if you've got a VAT bill within April to June, which obviously everybody is just quarterly VAT will have had a bill to pay in that period, you you're automatically allowed to defer that a up to the end of March 2021. So that gives people plenty. Of time. I mean you're not you're not being let off it, but but at least it gives you plenty of time to get on your feet and be in a position to pay it. That's automatic, so you don't have to you don't have to apply for that. If you don't if you don't feel you can pay your VAT bill on time, you just don't pay it, and they will accept that. Um, just to watch out if you're on direct debit, though, for goodness sake, cancel your direct debit to HMRC for your VAT because they don't guarantee they won't take money once you put your VAT return in. Obviously, remember you've still got to do the VAT return in. You just don't pay it. Um, the other thing is obviously for the self-employed and. And for sort of company directors with 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 dividend, you, you tend to do a self-assessment tax return. You you normally make two payments on account every year, 31st of January, 31st of July. Again, you've got an automatic deferral on your 31st of July payment. But again, you don't have to pay that. You can you can defer that and pay it 31st of January 2021. So again, that gives you plenty of time to get yourself back on your feet. But those two are automatic, I think. And if you've got any other taxes to pay, for instance, corporation tax or PAYE and IC, that sort of thing, there isn't an automatic deferral on that. But you can actually ring up the time to pay um, office at HMRC and ask them if you can defer. Um, again, if your cash flow suggests that you need to do that, then I'll suggest that you do it. Um, they are being amenable to it. I've had quite a few clients who've rung up and no problem in getting a minimum three month deferral, for instance. So, that's definitely worth thinking about if your cash flow shows you need to do it. Um, there is a specific number for that, 0800 0159 5599 is the time to pay hotline at HMRC if you need to use it. And then finally, the, the other thing that we sort of mentioned earlier is, you know, if all else fails, do look at universal credit because it's there. It's, it's a benefit that's available to people who, who need it. And as I said, don't be proud about it get in there if you're entitled to it and, and get the payment. And it can be topped up by all sorts of things. It's, it's affected by a number of various elements, how many children you've got, whether you've got to pay rent or a mortgage, all that sort of thing gets taken into account. Um, the only thing that will stop you from getting anything, I think is if you've got savings of more than 16,000 pounds, which there probably aren't many people in that position, but if you are in that position, you'll be wasting your time making a claim. But, but other than that, it's probably worth looking at. So that's certainly one I'd, I'd, I'd be thinking about if you need to do it. So, what? Obviously, you're, you're a business owner, Sean. What's your advice? What 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 are you telling yourself and your clients at the moment? Really, what right now? What's your advice? Um, I think I think several things. I think I think I think one is just just to try and stay focused on what you're in control of. You know, this whole crisis is going on around us, and we can't we can't really influence what's happening. It's just happening, and you've just got to accept that is it's difficult you've got to accept that that's going on and focusing your attention on that is is not really going to do you any good i think you've got to you've got to remain focused on what you can do what you can't influence so stay focused i think as we said earlier make sure you've got all the support you're entitled to um they have now released a little um a little tool on the government website by the way so go on the gov.uk website and go into business hyphen corona hyphen support hyphen finder what you can do is ask you a few questions you answer those questions and then it will actually signpost you to areas where you can get support so things like the interruption loan the job retention scheme etc 
But it's, it's quite useful as a checklist to make sure you have actually claimed everything you're entitled to. So make sure you've got what you can. Um, critical that you do some cash flow forecasts and actually see where your business is sitting and you know whether you are going to run out of cash or not. Obviously, if you are going to run out of cash, that's a major issue. Um, but there's still time to do something about it. So that might mean you do need to go for the business interruption loan, for instance. Um, it might mean you need to deferring payments to, you know, some of your loans, for, for instance, you know, ringing up the bank and asking for a payment holiday for a while, perhaps ringing up your landlord and deferring your rent, all these sort of things that you can do. If you don't actually know what your position is in terms of your cash flow, very, very difficult to know whether you can get through it and whether there are things you can do to get through it. So important to see where your cash flow shortfalls are. Um, and then I think the other thing with your business is also to look at what, what you can do with it, really. I mean, some people are just in a position where there's really very little they can do. They're just going to literally have to what they call cocoon the business effectively, you know, just just put it into hold, mothball it, if you like, until it's ready to resume. Other people might find there's actually things they can do with the business. I mean, you know, local restaurants, me, I mean, I had an email the other day, Italian restaurant. And they just announced to me they've now started doing takeaways, for instance. They've done takeaways before, but it's just a way of getting some revenue in. So they've, they've switched their business to try and keep themselves going. So is there something you can do for that? You know, we've, we've heard stories about manufacturers switching production onto making PPE and things like that. These are the sort of things that you potentially can do, which at least keeps part of the business running while we get through the crisis. Um, and the other thing is obviously you do need to look to the future. You know, we're, hopefully we will start to come out of this fairly soon, you know. Boris has made his announcement this morning that they're starting to look at, you know, the way out of the situation. So it is time to use use the time available you've got now while, while you're perhaps sat at home thinking, what am I going to do with life? Why not start thinking about how you're going to plan to get the business back on track and actually make it better perhaps than it ever was and take advantage of the fact that maybe some of your competitors are going to fall through this. It gives you an opportunity because a lot of your competitors have disappeared as a result of the crisis. So it is an opportunity to sit back, think about your business and, and actually work on your business rather than in your business. And Sean, you've been very good at giving information out during this period. Where can uh, people get this information from that you've issued? You issue it quite regularly, don't you, every announcement? Absolutely. Well, obviously, I referred earlier to that, to that website where you can look at the different support that's available. But if you need, if you need some more sort of grounded stuff, what I would say is go on my website. Um, copiawealthandtax.co.uk um, we've got we've got a new section on there and all my blogs that I've been producing over the last four, five, six weeks now on all the different types of support that's available um, and other things besides um, they're all there and in fact I've got a new, new blog coming out um, probably later today as well so get on there, have a look and, and use the advice and obviously if you need some help I'm always here to help and a phone call costs nothing, does it, Sean, for your good self? It, Absolutely it's nothing. Conversation. I won't charge you for a phone call. Obviously, I'll do some work for you. I'll have to charge you for it because I'm, I'm in business. <laughs> but I'm more than happy to give you some, you know, some free advice to start with on the phone if you need it. So just, just pick up the phone, 01902-783-172, copy your wealth and tax. Sean, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. That's been tremendous, that has, and that's given a lot of people some really good advice. And if you have been listening and watching, please... Do give Sean a call if you are struggling, but do follow the advice given. Thank you very much.